Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkinson, and it's another fun show talking all things Salford Red Devils. Joining the show this week, as ever, we've got Paul Whiteside, right, Paul? Hey, Rob, you alright, mate? How was your week, mate? Oh, alright, mate. Just recovered from the Leeds game. It, that that took, so I took the wind out of my sails at weekend. Really, I was a bit down Saturday and Sunday, but no, going again on uh, Saturday against Warrington. I'm sure we can put things right, mate. Yeah, we're looking forward to the Warrington game. Always a big game against Wire at home. Also joins the show this week. We got. Ryan Wilkinson, right, Ryan? Right, Rob, how's it going, mate? Yeah, good. Looking forward to another podcast talking all things Red Devils. Yeah, it's, it's good to be back on the show. Really looking forward to uh, talking about everything happening in the world of Salford Red Devils. Cool. So what we got, Paul? What have we got on the show? Yeah, we've got the news. We've got a review of the defeat at Heading League against Leeds. We've got the amateur report and we've got a preview of this weekend's massive match at home to Warrington Wolves. Cool. So what we'll do, we'll start with the news. So, the big news coming out of Salford Red Devils today. Gaz O'Brien signs a three-year contract, Paul, to stay at Salford Red Devils. Great signing. Yeah, I'm glad we've got him got him tied up on on, um, on that long-term deal because he's a good player, Gareth. And, you know, if he if he does really well this season and hopefully, you know, maybe up there getting England recognition, that's when sort of the, the so-called big boys come sniffing. Then, don't we? We've lost quite a few players over the last few years, haven't we? We've not been tied down on big contracts. So, uh, so hopefully, Gareth's future's settled now and... Um, yeah, it's only, it can only be good for us. Let's hope we can get a few more of the other young lads because we've got quite a, a core of young players in the, in the side now and hopefully we can get them all tied down on, on long contracts. Yeah, obviously, you know, Gaz O'Brien was instrumental, Ryan, in the Million Pal Miracle. How important is it that you think that him signing sends a message to everyone in Super League that, you know, we are ready to build on that success? Yeah, it's a, it's a great signing and it's, uh, it's good for the squad and the club um, to have a bit of continuity within the side. Uh, Gareth brings a lot to, to the team you know he's, he's a great kicker good communicator uh, scores quite a lot of tries as well obviously uh, you know the return on investment we've had bringing Gaz in uh, as we saw last year was, was quite incredible so yeah I'm really excited about uh, what Gareth O'Brien is going to bring to our side for the next three seasons Yeah uh, Ian Blees was happy with the signing he says Gareth is a player who has really bought into our culture we are trying to create here at the Red Devils and we're delighted he has chosen to stay with us Signature is the first piece in the puzzle as we continue to build beyond this season and there is plenty more business to come and more announcements to come throughout the season Paul you know obviously Ian Blee's looking to, to obviously create a you know like a massive club really and, and building you know that uh, and Gaz Ryan must be the first uh, first building block that's right he's, he's a quality player isn't he and you, you want players like that in, in your side don't you and you know if we can sort of build around him and you know add additions here and there and I think the main thing is stability, isn't it? I mean, going on, moving on from last season, we've not had wholesale changes, have we? We've just added a little, a little bit here and there. And, you know, he's a young player, Gareth, as well. He's, but he's a young player with a lot of experience. And, you know, if you're going to get in that top eight, you know, players like Gareth, there's not many of those about. And you need people like him. And like Ryan was saying there, he's a good kicker. He's a quality player. All round, His all-round um, attributes are good. He's a good kicker. He's, he scores tries, like Ryan said. And he's a quality player. And I'm just glad he's, he's tied down now and settled. And, Hopefully that that's going to settle him as a player as well. He's got a nice long contract there. He might be settled living in Salford or wherever he is. So, so it's good news. I think obviously a three-year contract, Ryan. It's it's a, it's a large one. Um, hopefully, you know, he'll be ready in, and hopefully continue to put in the performances in the next three years that we've seen in the last kind of sort of twelve months, isn't it? Really, hopefully. Yeah, he's you know he's been a superb player for us, and you know he he fully deserves that 
that contract doesn't he? that contract extension for the next three years and you know we can look at building a you know a squad around players like Gaz now uh, and I'm sure like people like Todd Carney coming in uh, you've got Dobson and Louis you know he's going to develop to be a, a superb player and you know maybe he's even future uh, captain potential for the club but yeah he just he just brings so much to our side he's a really decent guy um, great kicking game um, and yeah I'm, I'm really excited to see what the, the next three years brings to Gaz O'Brien yeah I, I thought it was so important we signed we kept him for what he did in the million pound game because obviously it's all kind of focused around his sort of magic moment in a way and if he obviously departs then everyone kind of gets a bit downhearted so keeping him in the club and you know keeping him you know playing the sofa shirt and hopefully creating more memories uh, in the next three years is, is only going to be a good thing for me uh, next bit of news Dan Murray uh, gone to Bradford on loan for a month. Paul, you spoke to him. Uh, I'm sure that a month at Bradford's going to do uh, in you know a world of good. Yeah, speaking to him the other day actually, and uh, he's uh, he's looking forward to getting some games under his belt and a bit of first team team games. That I know he played for us in the uh, in the friendlies, didn't he? But I think he just wants to get a bit of experience now, and that's why Ian Watson sent him out there. And it can only be good for him. I mean, he's going to get tested there playing for Bradford in that championship. That championship is a very competitive league, isn't it? So. Um, that could only be good for him, and hopefully it's only a month, so we'll come back, uh, come back stronger for it. Yeah, playing for Bradford, Ryan. You know they're a big club in that division, and you know playing in with that pressure is only going to help him. You know when he comes back to us. Yeah, absolutely, and you know it'd be a really good test for him going to Bradford. Uh, obviously, they they've got a points deduction, so they've got a lot of work to do to to move up the table. They've got a, a really good coach in uh, Jeff Tuvey. Uh, obviously, they've got a new board now. It's a bit of a new start at Bradford, so. Yeah, he's got, he's got a good work, a bit of work to do. Uh, you know, I felt it in the pre-season. Uh, I went to watch him at Halifax, and yeah, he was he was a really good player, and I'm I'm sure he'll uh, keep improving and you know push push for first team positions further on in the season. Yeah, next bit of news: Todd Carney arrived. Uh, Paul, he's, he's finally got here, uh, and now it's Ian Watson. It's all on Ian Watson now. Who he decides to pick in that half-back uh, role in it? Yeah, definitely. Um, we've not seen the squad, have we? For uh... For Saturday yet, so it'll be interesting to see whether Ian decides uh, to put him in the in the squad this week. But it was nice to see. Uh, I thought Robert Lewis' performance at Edinburgh went through the roof, really, from the performance the week before. I thought it was a lot better than the, the Huddersfield game, and that's sort of putting pressure on him now. So, uh, so yeah, and Todd Cannon's going to bring good things to the team. He's a quality player, and I think he'll he'll give give everybody a lift. So I'm looking forward to seeing him in a Salford shirt, definitely. Yeah, like like Paul just said, Ryan Todd Carney coming into the club, it puts a bit of pressure on on everyone involved. The likes of uh, Rob Louie and Michael Dobson, and you know it's all going to be good for the club, really, and it's going to create you know good things, I think. Oh, definitely. You know, you, you saw uh, Ian Watson in the press um, saying that he wanted you know competition for places in all areas, and that's what Todd's going to bring to our side. You know, before Todd came, you know, it was always going to be Louie and Dobson in the halves, but but now obviously you know we saw Robert Louie best performance in the Salford shirt for for a long time. Uh, and I'd probably, you know, hazard a guess that that was something to do with Todd Carney arriving on the plane from Australia uh, a few a few weeks earlier. So yeah, he'll, he'll certainly bring a lot to our team. Uh, he's got a wealth of experience. Played for Australia. Played state of origin football. Uh, great kicking game. Great running game. Excellent communicator. Very organised. Uh, I saw his Sky Sports interview he did. Uh, I believe it was a Catalan one at St Helens last year and. You know, he's, he's certainly very passionate about the game and really knows his stuff and, you know, very clever player as well. So, uh, yeah, really excited about him joining the club. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how uh, Ian Watson fits them all into that into that squad. Um, all three are quality players, aren't they, Paul? And it's 
it's going to be exciting, I think, 2017 from now on. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And that's what you want. You want competition for places and, you know, obviously pick up injuries as you go through the season. And the more players Ian's got at his disposal, the easier it's going to be for him to do his job. So uh, that's that's going to be a nice headache for him, isn't it? You know, having, having those three players there. And it depends where Ian, Ian sees his position as well. I mean, you know, we can play in a, in a number of positions, Todd Carney, can't he? We'll have to just wait and see on that one. But I'm, I'm pretty sure he'll, he'll feature maybe, if not this weekend, I think he'll definitely be in next weekend's Wakefield. But uh, I won't be surprised if he was in this weekend, to be honest with you. Cool. So we'll, to, we'll see how that goes. Uh, you know, with the, uh, the Todd Carney, Michael Dobson and Rob Lewis, see how we all fits that in. Fits in. Uh, next bit of news, we got fined by the RFL uh, for the million pound miracle, Paul. Um, you know, obviously the club have, have, have sort, you know, figured out who the, the club makers were and got them kind of punished, didn't they? So, you know, it kind of draws the line on that all uh, in a way, doesn't it? Yeah, I think so, yeah. I've not really read a lot about it, to be honest with you, Rob. I only saw that the other day, what that Neil Hudgel had said. And I don't know, I think he's a bit out of order, really. I mean, it takes, takes two, two groups of people, doesn't it, to, to create a bit of a ruck. So, uh, I don't know. And it's like we were saying off air, the Solvers put us on a pitch to celebrate, didn't they? So, why would the old chaos put us even there? I mean, I don't know. I think a lot of it was all handbags anyway, wasn't it? So, uh, as long as it's brushed under the, the table now and we can just all move on from it. Yeah, uh, Hudgel came out, Ryan, tried to kind of like make a big uh, big thing out of it. Club played it down, sort of just said that we, we've done our business, we've, we've sorted it out. Uh, you know, it's, it's a kind of a different approach to what we know, what, what used to happen where we, we fight fire with fire, but it's a, it's a positive way of looking at it, I think. Yeah, I can understand where he's coming from a little bit. Obviously, OK, I've got a larger fine and us, they've been drops in division, so he's going to be under pressure from a financial vision, uh, position. Having lost the Sky money, um, so obviously he's going to be a little bit annoyed uh, by receiving a, a big fine like that. Um, but the point that I'd make is, you know, we were on the pitch to celebrate. I was on the pitch. I don't, I don't care. Uh, I'll, I'll say I was on the pitch. Um, but I certainly wasn't fighting. I wasn't there to have a fight. I was there to celebrate with, with the fans and the players and, and the owners. So, uh, yeah, I believe, you know, you can only really point the blame at the OKR fans because, you know, at the end of the day, they came on the pitch to have a scrap, didn't they? So, yeah. Uh, you know, let's 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 be honest. Yeah, let's hope that uh, he finds them because I'm still they're still they're still trying to find uh, the culprits. I think by all accounts, they're still seeing your picture on social media. You've seen this face. It's, it's for me. It's, it's ages ago. Surely, you know, by now they should have they should have you know punished them. Uh, but it's, it's a good thing that our club, you know, we we dealt with it quite quickly. So we you know it's all done in our eyes now. Next bit of news: Justin Carney banned for two games, Paul, uh, for for pushing the official James Child. For me, nothing. It James Charles kind of invaded his space in a way. Yeah, it was hard to see at the time, wasn't it? Live, but when I got home and I watched it a couple of times on Sky and seen it on the internet and this that, and the other, he, he sort of walks into Carney. If you watch it, he walks towards him, doesn't he? And he doesn't stop, and Carney sort of puts his elbow up to stop him walking into him. It's strange, really, if you watch the, the video. But why? Why did? Why does he keep walking towards him? So I think he's a bit unlucky, really, Carney. I think there's nothing in it. And I think thinking about it now, why? I don't understand why James Child didn't come out and. You know, be a big person about it and just say, look, you know, I'm just, I'm going to speak on Justin Carney's behalf. It was my fault. I walked into sort of thing. I think he'd have got a lot more respect from the supporters and what have you if he had done. Um, but he's not done, and they, and they find, they've um, sort of banned him for two games for it. And it seems a bit harsh. Where um, I think this week um, two players have been banned, haven't they? Battieri for Catalan and Ablett of Leeds. And they've only got one game, so it seems a bit of a grey area. If you touch a referee, surely it should be the, the same ban all, all the time. But I think it was very harsh, and I think we've been a bit unlucky, to, to be honest with you, on that one. Yeah, looking at the other other incidents, Ryan, as well, you know, I think we've been uh, done to me. What do you think? Um, 
so first of all, I appreciate that you know the referees. You know that's one thing I respect about rugby league. You know in football they're always you know giving the the referees a bit of stick. Whereas in rugby, you know there's, there's always been that respect for the referee. Um, and you know we do have to make sure they are protected. You know we don't want anyone kicking off of the rest. But for me, the question would be towards the RFL's you know disciplinary procedures because we've had three instances since the beginning of the season. Um, one of them was a grade A, one of them was a grade B, and one of them was a grade C to Carne. Um And you know if you look at if you look at the video footage of of when Carney you know, did raise his elbow to James Hall. No one really bad denial it, to be honest. Yeah. So I just don't understand. There's just no consistency um, from from the RFL in anything that they do, ever. So, you know, I think serious questions need to be asked. And, you know, these independent tribunals, you know, do we need to have a look at refreshing that? You know, is free people enough to be on the panel? Should we have someone from every club? You know, let's let's get this sorted out. It's a mess. Everyone knows it, and you know, I just want to see a bit of consistency. That's all I ask for as a fan. Yeah, that's what, that's all we want as, as fans. Paul, in it, you know, we want the decisions to be the same. And obviously, you know, a little bit of doubt. You know, when, and everyone's kind of like the RFL seems to be just picking the letters out of the sky, in my opinion. A bit a bit of common sense, Rob. I think, like I said about James Child, I don't understand why he couldn't have come out and uh, spoke on Justin Carney's behalf. And just said, you know, there's nothing in that. It's just common sense. Why, why ban a bloke for two games for that? It just seems, it just seems crazy to me. I mean, I said it last season. You know, going back a few years, I mean, you had to do something ridiculous to get banned, didn't you? Playing, but now they just seem to hand out bans like Christmas cards, don't they? And I don't know. There just seems to be something different every week. Somebody's charged, somebody's banned every week, and the old disciplinary thing. It is like Ryan said. It's just potluck. It just depends what team you play for, what day of the week it is. Well, we'll, we'll give him a grade C, and every week that. It just seems the same to me. So it is a, a poor state of affairs the way it's being run at the moment. And I don't know who's on that panel. I've heard rumours of such a body's on it, such a body's on it. But I think there does need to be more people on it and maybe maybe ind- independent people. I'm not too sure. But the way it's being run at the moment, it just seems a bit of a farce. The problem with independence, Ryan, is with rugby league anyway. Everyone has everyone has their own team. You're not, you can't, I don't think you're very, it's going to be very hard to find an independent person who isn't linked to a club. Yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree with that. But you know, having only three people on on an independent panel, and I believe a lot of them are usually ex-players. I understand like Paul Schoolfolks on it, and you know, he obviously is part of the England coaching setup. So you know, it might be better to potentially outsource this to some sort of third party or some completely independent uh, review panel. I just they've just got to change it up, and I, I, I believe they are they are looking into it. So. You know, that's all we ask for. Just let's see a few little improvements. Well, both Justin Carney having well two games off. Uh, Paul gives him chance to refresh, gets himself fit, ready for the, the the season to come. Yeah, definitely. I think he was carrying a bit of a knock anyway. Went after the Huddersfield game, so perhaps he would have sat out the Leeds game anyway. But yeah, definitely. I think, I'm sure he'll come back back stronger for uh, for Wakefield the week after. And um, and yeah, I don't think it'll it'll phase him at all, Justin. I think he'll be back just as as good. Yeah. So hopefully, you know, we'll come back raring to go, Ryan, and uh, we'll see plenty of tries from the, the tank on the flank. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, when he when he comes back into the side, he'll have uh, Todd Carney throwing cut-out passes towards him. So hopefully we'll put him in for a few more tries down that left-hand side. Yeah. Uh, next bit of news, uh, a Warrington game uh, on Saturday. Uh, it's going to be face-painting. Cinnamon uh, dinner is playing as well, Paul. It looks like it's going to be a, you know, a great day out for the family, really. 
Yeah, Saturday afternoon, 3 o'clock. It's going to be a belting afternoon, I think. It's going to be really good. And yeah, if you haven't seen Cinnamon Dinner before, I highly recommend them. Very good when I've heard them in the tent. And that really, really good band. You know, Ryan Wilde doing a great job with them. So uh, so get yourself down early and have a listen to that. But hopefully it's going to be a big crowd there. You know, Warrington's not far either, is it? Down the A57. So really looking forward to Saturday afternoon. I'm, I'm sure it's going to be a good game as well. You know, games we've had against Warrington over the last few years have, have been pretty close, especially the home games. Anyway, last season was a bit of a thriller. So if that's anything to go by, I'm sure it's going to be a really good afternoon. I think advertising it, Ryan, that's a big key for me. Wigan game, we went, we went big time, didn't we, with the advertising. Warrington, are we kind of hoping that the people will come back and Warrington will obviously bring a few uh, as well? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they will. We've made a you know really positive start to the season. Ian Blees is doing a great job behind the scenes, as are the players on the pitch. And, you know, it's it's all looking really positive and it's just like we're shaping up for a, a pretty exciting season. Leeds was a great game last week and, yeah, I'm really excited for Saturday. I know you like your, your Saturday games, Paul, and, you know, hopefully we can get a 6K-plus crowd. I'm, I'm sure we will. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. Tickets available for the Wakefield game as well. The away game, Paul. We've had some good followings, haven't we? Uh, you know, in the last few weeks away from home, and hopefully that you know the Wakefield game will continue like that. Yeah, we certainly had the Huddersfield was a top following, and, and Friday night as well at Leeds. You know, when I walked in there, I was quite late getting there on Friday and uh, walking into that that West Terrace. There, it was pretty full, and that's the most I've seen at Leeds for for a long time. So, yeah, Wakefield's always a Always a nice, nice ground to go to. Wakefield, it's not not the best in Super League, but it's always a, a good away trip. And uh, I, I love the away games. I think you know I like the home games, but there's nothing better than, than going away from home, supporting your team. So uh, if we can get a result against Warrington to go to to Wakefield, we've had a bit of an indifferent start, really. I mean, we'll be looking at perhaps getting the two points from that one and hopefully taking a big following. Yeah, Wakefield's always a difficult place for us, Ryan. Uh, but I'm sure the boys are going to be confident after you know the last away game against Huddersfield, you know the first away game against Huddersfield. Sorry, picking up that win. You know it's another team that we'll be looking at. You know picking up the points for if we're going into the eight. Yeah, absolutely, and um, you know they're the sort of games that we need to be winning if we're to make that top eight. But you know, let's be honest, uh, we didn't win at Wakefield last year, so it's a really tough place to go. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm sure it'll be an exciting game. Yeah, adults are twenty-one pounds. Uh, concession is fifteen pounds. Juniors are five pounds. There's free junior swaps. Uh, as well, it must be must be done before the match day. There's a coach going down as well at fifteen pound a seat. Pick up pick up at Shanders at uh, quarter to twelve. The Royal Sovereign at twelve. Dog and Partridge at quarter past twelve. And the AJ Bell at half twelve. So get yourselves down uh, there and put yourselves on the the coach. Uh, and hopefully we'll uh, we'll take a big following uh, to uh, Wakefield. Uh, final bit of news we've got is Ian Blees uh, on Twitter announces that we might be getting a drum. Uh, for games, home games, Doctor Devil will be banging it. You know, trying to generate an atmosphere. Paul, you know what? What's your thought on a drum? Uh, are you a fan, or does it not really bother bother you? Well, to be honest, Rob, when the game kicks off for that sort of eighty minutes, I don't really pay attention to anything. I'm just normally in the game. Like my dad will say stuff to me over that, hey, and I'm just transfixed on it normally. So I don't really notice what's going on around me. Um, as you can tell with some of the videos I've done, I do tend to miss things sometimes because I don't pay attention. But, but no, to be honest with you, uh, joking aside, I think anything that to, that gets the atmosphere going and creates a bit of interest is is fine with me. It don't bother me at all. So, uh, if that's it, like you were saying before, if it if we can use it to our advantage, you know, maybe putting off the uh, away goal kicker, banging on the drum when he's lining a conversion up, then then all well and good. But I don't, I don't see any harm in it to be honest with you. Yeah, right. Obviously, like like I said before, the Paul, and obviously we'll say that now on on, on the show. 
for, for me, having a drum, it's about getting an advantage. It's not about generating an atmosphere and firing the crowd up. The crowd will fire itself up if, if the game is good and, and solved and competitive. Um, you know, what's your thought on it? What do you think? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty open to new ideas. Uh, to be honest, the atmosphere at the AJ Bell, you know, it's not as, not as good as it used to be at the Willows, but you know, uh, you know, Ian, Ian Blees has, has come up with the idea, and you know, I'll completely back him 100%. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But yeah, let's give it a chance. So what I did, I downloaded um, a, a drum kit on my phone because obviously I don't have a drum. It's one of them things I don't have, and uh, I had a little play with it. So what I'm going to do is first, first uh, scenario we've got is uh, Salford kind of attacking. Um, our opponent's 20 after sort of a, a penalty kick into touch. Um, you get your drum and you start doing this. And obviously you get faster and faster and faster until the last tackle and then Sofa over and score. Paul, you know what? You know, things like that, you know, it might, you know, Get a bit of nerve jangling in our, our opposition. Yeah, well, it, it seems to work for Warrington, doesn't it? They, they do all right with a drum, don't they? So uh, Leeds had one last week. I think they have a trumpet as well at Leeds, don't they? <laughs> or they have a, like a whole brass band in that, that self-stand. But uh, yeah, like Ryan said, I'm open to it, yeah. Yeah, next one I've got is, <laughs> let's say we can see the dropout and everyone's like nerves are jangling. See, slow heartbeat, everyone calms down, Ryan. You know what I mean? Things like that. It's all about the psychological advantage you get for having a drum for me. <laughs> Love it, don't you, Rob? Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, as I say, I'm open to it. A lot of the big sides use a drum. You know, your Wiggins, your Leeds, your, your Warrington. So, uh, yeah, let, let's, let's give it a chance, see how it goes. If it doesn't work and everyone starts moaning, then uh, yeah, get rid of it. Uh, yeah. uh, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. I'm uh, I'm actually keen to, to to see how it does go because I know a lot of the other supporters. It does obviously get them going. Um, in the past, there's probably been a bit of pessimism towards opponents when they brought a drum. But yeah, I, I definitely think it can it can be an advantage. Um, you know, it can put teams under pressure when you know you're defending the line. So uh, yeah, let's, let's let's give it a chance. Yeah, and the final I've got fifth tackle play. Bomb goes in the air. Stand behind the receiver, Paul. Whack your symbols. He's dropped the ball. Salford score. Great try. Sounds like a master plan, that to yeah. me, Rob. A cunning yes. plan. A cunning plan. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'd be interesting to see how it works. And hopefully, like you say, the, the drummer, whoever it is, kind of like follows the crowd rather than the crowd, you know, is, is, is dragged along with the drummer, if that makes sense. We'll have to see. Like you said, we're all open to it. We'll see what happens. And hopefully, you know, it'll be a, it'll be a good thing. So that's all the news I've got this week. And what we'll do, we'll, uh, we'll talk about the defeat against Leeds on Friday. You're listening to Devil in the Detail and this is your Big Match Review. So, Salford Red Devils went down 20 points to 14 away to Leeds Rhinos, Paul, on Friday night. Difficult defeat, bit got in after the, uh, the two dodgy forward passes at the death. Yeah, well, to be honest with you, <coughs> excuse me, Rob, I couldn't tell it was a forward pass from my position because it was behind on that west terrace there. You can't really see a forward pass from from the back, but I could see Glee, Martin Gleeson and on the the sideline sort of going mad. 
So I thought it was something, and then you you heard the the story of everybody else in the crowd saying it looked a forward pass, and then obviously listening to Ian's press conference, he wasn't pleased at all with it. But no, I thought it was a few decisions that went against us in the in the game, really, to be honest. And it was just one of the, one of those those many nights we've had at Edinley, you know, where we've just not just not come out on top. And when we got back to fourteen all, as we'll speak about in a bit, I thought we was going to go on and, and win the game there. But uh, no, I think I think the effort was there on, on Friday night. I think was was unlucky. I think there's there's things that we didn't do right that we need to put out clinically, but I think all in all it was a bit of a bit of an unlucky night. Yeah, it's all Ryan that the, the players kind of like get over that, uh, you know, the defeat because obviously it's a bit bit of a killer at right at the death as well, you know what I mean? And hopefully the boys will have got it out of the system ready for Warrington on uh, Saturday. Yeah, I'm sure they will, and you know, there's a lot of positives you can take from the game. Uh, Robert Louis had a, a superb match, um, best performance for for quite a long time. Um, Young Jake Bibby who came in for for Justin Carney, I, I felt like he had a really strong performance, and you know we, we threw the ball about, we scored some decent tries. So there's you know there's a lot of positives we can take in the past. You know we've had some atrocious defeats at, at Leeds, and you know let's not forget you know Leeds the most successful club in the Super League era. So you know yeah you know to go to Weddingley and you know let's be honest as well like you know we should we should have drew the game really potentially won. Uh, yeah. I felt a couple of decisions in the last ten minutes went against us, which is unfortunate. But no, I, I don't think I, I think the players, you know, they'll be galvanised from from that, and hopefully more up for uh, a big game against Warrington this weekend. Yeah, so was lineup with Gaz O'Brien at fullback, Jake Bibby, Junior Sal, Chris Wellham, Greg Johnson, Robert Lewitt, Michael Dobson, Craig Cockjack, Logan Tonkins, Lee Mossop, George Griffin, Josh Jones, and Matt Flanagan. Lose forward <coughs> on the bench for Salford was Josh Wood, Lamatazzi, Olakrinicki, and Adam Warren. Um, obviously, Justin Carney um, being suspended gave Jake Bibby a, a chance, uh, Paul, and uh, you know he played well. He did well, yeah, he did. He did well last season when he was called upon. I've said to you before, he, he was, I was very impressed with him in the uh, the Magic weekend, and yeah, I thought Jake Bibby did really well on Friday night. He came in and uh, did a good job. You know, big boots to fill, Justin Carney. And, Headingley's a tough place to go, you know, for a, for a young kid. Big atmosphere there, and, and he didn't let anybody down at all. He, he, he did really well. Leeds opened the scoring with a try from Ryan Hall. Uh, Ryan kicked to the corner by Maguire, and Ryan Hall did what Ryan Hall does and uh, got over the line. Yeah, it was, it was a good try, that, to be fair. And at the time, they built quite a lot of pressure on, on our goal line. So, uh, you know, there weren't any problems in conceding that. If, if, I, if I had to be very critical, I'd, I'd say, you know, Greg Johnson has to do better there and just, you know, you know, jump up with one hand and pat the ball away. But, you know, Ryan Hall's a, a world-class rugby league player and, you know, fair play, that, that was a great try. Yeah, seven minutes later though, Paul Salford hit back a try with from the man of the moment, uh, Gaz O'Brien, uh, sieving through uh, the, the edge defensive leads and going over. Uh, that's what full-backs do and he's, uh, he's doing that magically at the moment. Yeah, he is. It was a really well-worked try and, I, you know, looking back at the game, you know, speaking with my dad on the way home, I, I thought there was only one side that was really playing playing rugby in that game. I thought it was us. I thought we played the better stuff. I thought Leeds were a bit one-dimensional and, you know that that try there they got from from the kick. I, I, and with Ryan, I thought Greg Johnson should have done better there. But you know Ryan Hall's a quality winger. But the tries we scored, well worked tries. And you know as we'll, as we'll mention shortly, we I think we deserve something out of that game. Well, that was a good try from Gareth O'Brien. He, he worked well there, linked in the line, and it was a good finish. Yeah, Rob Burrow uh, kicked a penalty to Leeds. Uh, Ryan, you know for me, Leeds Ryan Hall's kicking penalties against us. It's not the the Leeds Ryan of old. They'd be going for tries, won't they? Absolutely, and it showed you know how much respect uh, they had for us. They, they went for the two quite quite a few times. 
Um, and it's it's a familiar story around the Super League in these early rounds. You know, we've seen a lot of close games. You know, the only close game that we again that hasn't been very close uh, in the opening. You know, the ten or fifteen games has been was was the Lee Castleford game uh, round one. So you know, it shows how how tight Super League is going to be this year. You know, there's some really good players at every club. So it's, it's you know it's, it promises to be an exciting season. Yeah, and just before half time, Paul, uh, we did what what teams usually do to us: scored. Chris Wellen uh, getting over the line. Wonderful magic by uh, the magic man, Robert Louis, to send him through the gap. He certainly was. And, and for once, Robert Louis actually sort of backed himself, didn't he, and, and went for the gap. He, you know, there's been numerous times where he's gone sideways and he's not he's not been decisive in his own mind. And he sort of made the decision there to go. And he's dangerous when he when he does run and spot that gap. He's dangerous. And he, he put Chris Wellen over really well. That was a, it was a good try. And that's just what we needed. That, And I thought he was on top there. Going in at half time, you know, at eight six. So I was very pleased with that. Very impressed with the, the first half display. And just going back to our defence, there was a time in that first half. I think they had five or six sets of six on our line leads, and um, you know the defence was was tremendous. I think they got two two dropouts in in that time as well. And you know we we had to do an awful lot of defending in that first half and, and soak up an awful lot of leads pressure. And, and and we dealt with that, which was very pleasing. Yes, sounds sign of a good side, Ryan, being able to defend under pressure. And like Paul said. You know, Leeds threw a hell of a lot of us in that first half and, and the defence held out, didn't it? It did, and I, I've been really impressed with, with our defence so far this season. We have conceded quite a few tries, but, you know, I think it's fair to say it's come on leaps and bounds, and a lot of that has got to go down to the main man for me, which is Craig Kopchak. I think he's been absolutely awesome in these first three games, and he needs a massive pat on the back. But as well as Coppy now, you know, we've got Lee Mossopin, who's a great player. It's like having two copies in the side. So uh, the front row is looking absolutely brilliant. And, you know, when we bring like Ben Murdoch in and, and Wella Araki and Lamataz is firing at all cylinders, you know, we're going to be a tough team to beat. Yeah, that's what, that's what it's all about, Paul. It's all about competing. And then for that, for the first 40 minutes, you know, we gave, we took what lead, you know, could throw at us. And it, it's a confidence booster, I think, for, for the squad, you know, moving forward. Yeah, certainly. And just going back to... To Craig Kopjet there, I'd like to, to single him out for a bit of praise. I thought he was outstanding. I thought he was the best forward on the pitch on Friday night. I thought our pack dominated Leeds, really. And Lee Moss, again, he's he's improving every, every week. But Craig Kopjet, I mean, I know it might be a bit premature, but you know, how about a shout for him for Man of Steel? He's, he's playing really well every single week. I mean, you know, there's a lot of sides who'd like a, a Craig Kopjet in their team. Yeah, like I say, he's doing wonders for us at the moment. And hopefully he'll continue to, to do that. Uh, through the rest of the 2017 season. Um, second half started, uh, Ryan Leeds scored, Jimmy Kynos going over for them. Forward pass by Maguire a mile. Um, but unfortunately, these things uh, turn games, don't they? Yeah, they do. And, you know, it's obviously unfortunate to, to concede against the forward pass. But, you know, Leeds are always going to trouble you at home. And, you know, they got over the line a few times. So, you know, it's uh, it's not it's not the end of the world, as, as we've mentioned earlier. A lot of positives for uh you know, going to Edinburgh and, and pushing a, a good Leeds Rhinos team close. Yeah, and then Rob Rob, Rob Burrow um, kicks a penalty, and then obviously that period of time, Paul. You know, both teams, you know, really gave all they got, really. Yeah, they certainly did, and we we needed to score next, really, after that being fourteen points to eight down, and then we came up with a with a super try from from Logan Tompkins. Um, good work from from Copjack before that, but Logan Tompkins had a lot of work to do to score that try. He had, he had a lot of defenders around him. He, he needed a lot of strength to get that ball down. It was a super effort, that, from Logan. and He was another one who played well again on Friday night, tackled his socks off. and He's another guy who's he's improved an awful lot, I think, Logan Tompkins over the last couple of seasons. and 
he's turning into a real, a real good pro, and uh, I was delighted for him to get over the line and get that try. I suppose he's got the extra responsibility now, Ryan. Uh, Logan Thomas is, is being our number one hooker with the likes of Brining and uh, Wood. You know, you know, trying to get his position. You know, he's got to put the performances in, and he, he seems like he's doing it right now. Yeah, it's true. It's all there with Logan Tompkins. I, I felt, you know, over the uh, over the off season, we should have brought an experienced hooker in. But you know, fair play to Logan. He's, you know, he's an absolute grafter and a workhorse, and he's an intelligent rugby league player. So, um, yeah, he's, he's a great, he's a great, you know, player for the squad, and he fully deserved that try. And you know, he beat Callum Watkins, who's an England player, to the line there to get over. So he's. He's certainly uh, strong as well, so uh, yeah, he should have a good season. Yeah, so uh, the, t- the scores are tied after Gaz O'Brien um, kicks the goal, Paul. Uh, and obviously, you know, pressure cooker atmosphere uh, at heading left. You know, when it, it's a tense 10 minutes for both sides, that one. It? Yeah, it certainly was. It was, It was. but I thought we were finishing the stronger. I thought if anybody now, after that, especially when, when Logan scored that try, it seemed like the momentum of the game was, was swinging towards us. And then um, we had the uh, the two penalty goals and a bit of an out in the mouth ball when uh, Rob Burrow attempted a penalty com- conversion. I think I think the ball might have hit the post, so it sort of landed there. Then it was a bit frantic, but we managed to to, to clear our lines. But that that was an out in the mouth mouth moment. People have talked about it, Ryan. You know the the decision for Salford to go for the for for, for the kick. Um, what did you think? Do you think think the uh, Watson and the players made the right decision, or do you think it should have gone for the gone for the six points at that point? I did put my hands up in the air and, and signal for the two points. And I know a lot of people in, on the Western Terrace did as well. Um, so, yeah, I, I had to up the two. I know it was a difficult kick and he'd missed a, a couple of difficult ones from the sidelines. But I just feel to get ahead with five minutes to go, I, I just don't think you can miss that sort of opportunity. And it, it was quite a straight kick as well. So, you know, probably out if Gaz has an attempt at that kick ten times, I, I probably, you know, think he kicks that six or seven. So, yeah, I, f- I felt like it was the right move. Well, it's, it's a good sign, Paul, for us to be in that, you know, that position in the game where you're making them decisions, isn't it? You know, when before we might not have been that close to leave to actually, you know, scare them, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, there wasn't long to go when he, he got that kick. And I remember thinking at the time, I, I was one of them. I I, I could see the, the victory at Edinburgh, I mean, the, the very rare out of these victories, you know, two in 40 years. And I could see that victory. You know the million pound game that flashed through my mind, and I thought he's going to kick this now, and we're going to we're going to go on from here. You know, sail off into the sunset on the way home. But then, in, in hindsight, now you think, oh, perhaps you should have kicked for touch, and we could have dropped a goal there, or built pressure, got repeat set, scored a try. But I, I think you're like Ryan says, nine times out of ten, he kicks them goals, and it was it was straight as well, and he just unfortunately wanted it. He didn't he didn't take the kick. I mean, you can all change our minds now and say, oh, we should have kicked for touch. But I think most people on that terrace there were saying take the two. So, obviously, Bobber's inability to, to kick the, the pressure kick uh, opened the door for Leeds. A try by Liam Sutcliffe. Uh, Ryan, blatant forward pass. The biggest forward pass you're going to see in a long, long time breaks Salford Hearts. Yeah, I'm extremely disappointed with the referee on this occasion. Um, it's, it's such a blatant forward pass. Um, I've just paused it on the Super League website on the video and George Griffin's got his hands in the air, Rob Louie's got his hands in the air, you can see Josh Jones having a go at the referee, Cop is looking at the referee, Lee Mossop stops. You know, it's an absolutely awful miss by the referee. And if he if he play if he's refereeing another another Super League game this weekend after missing that, we've got some serious problems because he's literally seven metres away. It's an absolute howler from the referee, and you know, for for me, he should be dropped from refereeing any game this weekend after such a poor decision. 
It was it was a bad one. I think it made it even worse that the, the person throwing it, Paul, uh, didn't step forward with the ball. So obviously it looks even worse than, than a, a momentum sort of ball that would, would normally pass in, in a normal situation. Yeah, it does. It does when you when you see it. Yeah, yeah it does. Um, I don't want to blame the referee for, for losing the game. I mean, it's, it's one of them, isn't it? I mean, I actually saw a comment that somebody put on, on the internet, a lead supporter it was, saying uh, that these things average out over the season. And I don't believe in stuff like that. I don't. No. I don't always think it does. But it, it was a kick in the teeth. Um, but I just hope it doesn't affect the players going into this week now. Because Ian Watson was really down after the game, and I, I believe the, the players were in the, in the change rooms afterwards. I think they were, they were gutted. They put so much in, so much effort into that performance, and and to lose it like that as well in the last minute. It's not as if we had a real chance then to to come back at least. You know, the game was the time was almost up. So um, to, to to give that much that they gave on, on Friday night and come, to come away with nothing as well, I think we deserved at least a point out of that game. Yeah, uh, definitely, because for, for large periods we were the better side. Yeah, you spoke to Ian Watson after the game uh, and this is what he had to say. Coach's Corner. Straight after that, Ian, you, you can tell by speaking to you, you're, you're annoyed with that one tonight. Yeah, one it's, got away. yeah it's, it's the way we, we've lost the game. Um it's kind of not by our doing. It's an outside factor that's contributed to that. The boys have put a great performance in there, and we knew if we put in a good performance and we we kind of ground the game out, then come the back end we'd be able to take something out of the game. And that was our fully focus this week. That we want to take something away from Leeds, and it's been a long time since we've done that. But we feel we had a group that could do that today, and we're disappointed in the way that's finished. You must be pleased with that defence because in the first half I think Leeds had about five sets of six on the line there, which we tackled, and they they sort of took the the option to go for the two points a few times, didn't they? And I think. You know, our defence was sort of killing them off on it. Yeah, it's, it's a respect for your D when the yeah. kind of teams are, are doing that that early in the game. And um, we, it's something we work really hard on is our goal line D. It's something that we focused on because uh, I've known through being been around Salford and watching Salford for a long time, it's not something that we've been great at defending. But we've put a lot of emphasis on defending because we believe if we do defend well, we'll win games. Um, Today is just it's something out of our control. There was a there was a point before it where we should have had a penalty where Cuthbert's an offloaded to Ablett, who's come from an offside position on a kick from downtown. He, he shouldn't. He's not allowed to touch the ball. He's not allowed to get involved in the play. He gets involved in the play and then continues to carry the ball forward and put us on our goal line again. We should have had a penalty for 30 metres out from their try line, which Gazel Brown kicks that. You must be pleased with the effort of the lads, though. I mean, especially the players we've got missing. We've got yeah. Justin Carney, Todd Carney, Murat Masilla, Weller Racky, Chris Bryan, and the, the, the list goes on there, don't it, players that are out. And the, the lads that were on there tonight, you know, you can't let the effort, could you? No, no, that, that's what we ask of them first and foremost, is that they work hard for each other and work hard for the team. Um, it doesn't matter who's playing. They've all got a job to do, and they all know what job they've got to do. And it's that they've got to stick to that task. And it doesn't matter if we've lost a Justin, the Jay, young Jake Bibby's come in today and he's done the job for us and he's played really well. Um, that's what we want, we want competition for places throughout our squad here. So it's pushing everyone to be their best every week. And that's what we want for Salford and that's what we want for each other as well. So that's that's got to continue with us. It doesn't get any easier, does it? Warrington up next at Salford uh, no, week tomorrow? Yeah, well, that, that's what we can control is our performance next week against Warrington. It, it's going to have to pick a, a couple of boys up, I think, after this one because um, it's a little bit filthy in the changing room, uh, to say the least, at the moment. Um, but like I say, we've got to focus on what we can control, and that, that's the rugby side of things now. So we need to get back to that on Monday. We're really good tonight, Ian. But yeah. thanks for speaking to us so, so straight after the game, and good luck next week against Warrington. Yeah, no plus qualities, mate. Yeah. So yeah, Ian Watson disappointed with that refereeing decision, Paul. Uh, but he had the right to be, in my opinion. He did. He did. He was furious. He was absolutely furious. Um, 
he, his eyes were dead red. He looked like he'd been shouting. He looked like he had tears in his eyes. And the press comes and the passion in his voice. I mean, it was good to hear. It was, it was comforting to hear because he loves Salford so much and, and believes in us and believes in the cause. And it's great to have someone like him at the helm. But I've never seen him like that before. Um, he was he was really mad in that press conference. And he, he, he managed to hold himself together. I mean, there was a guy in there, Phil Kaplan, the Leeds um, journalist, who was asking him, I thought he asked him a few strange questions, to be honest, and he he was getting a bit rattled there, Ian. But um, but no, he's, he's every right to be. I think there was a few decisions, like we were saying before, but that forward pass at the end is is a is a bit of a coach killer. But uh, what can we do? Move I suppose, on. I suppose dealing with that, Ryan. You know, it's going to make him a better coach. You know, being involved in that atmosphere. You know, the pressure cooker of, of, of moments like that. You know, he's going to take a lot from that, I think. And you know, it's only going to improve us uh, in the, you know the weeks and months and hopefully years to come. Yeah, it's you know it's extremely disappointing decision as as I've mentioned earlier. I can I can completely feel Ian Watson's frustration. You know, I imagine he was on the halfway line, so he had a much better better view of it than me. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm with Paul. Like you know, you can't say oh it's going to even up all the season. How do we know that it might not? And um, for me, the referees has got to put his hands up and say I'm I, you know I don't deserve to. To, to referee the next game because that is an absolutely terrible miss and you know it just seems to happen to us more than it does to other clubs and you know I just I just just got to move on get on with it um, you know there's a lot of positives we can take from the game We've got a big game against Warrington this weekend there'll be a good crowd on so you know let's just keep this momentum going you know it's been a really positive start to the season you know fingers crossed we'll uh, get the win on Saturday I think the worst part for me Paul was, was later on in the week Super League started to show it as like a highlight of the week. Leeds Rhinos last minute trying it was like the, the biggest forward pack you've ever seen. And I thought, How's yeah, it? yeah, it was a bit of a well. I got my League Express on Monday morning, and the headline in it is Rhinos moving forward by Phil Kaplan. <laughs> yeah. And I thought, moving forward, I thought you cheeky sod. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a bit of a bit of a harsh headline, really. And yeah, I, I noticed that on the Super League website. I'm showing the highlights of it. And just going back to, to what we were saying there about it averaging out. I don't know. I mean, I can't remember loads of times us coming away from a game and us chatting together and saying, God, we got away with that one. We didn't with there, that forward pass. I mean, when was the last time we robbed somebody? Last time we I mean, we beat Ulk in the last minute of that drop goal, but it wasn't a drop goal that didn't go over. It was a legitimate drop goal, wasn't it? So, I don't Coinc- know. Coincidentally, they did try and even it up a little bit because they started showing highlights of that drop goal in the Super League uh, oh, we'll Facebook page today. So, hopefully, <laughs> uh, they'll, they'll even things up this weekend as well. Well, that last one I remember was uh, Steve Blakely against Huddersfield, the Willows, where he made a break and he threw it and he, he sort of knocks on and he sort of comes off his head and then he picks the ball up and goes under the post. That was probably about 1999, I think. Long time yeah, so would you, so you, another one now, 18 years later. Yeah. <laughs> <It's Yeah. your> <laughs> there was uh, Hull in the Challenge Cup as, away as well. Um, I believe that was, uh, we, we, uh, we threw a massive forward pass and... It was it was absolutely ridiculous. I don't know how the ref missed it, and I, I believe that got us through to the quarterfinals of the Challenge Cup. So you know it it does happen. You know, everyone makes mistakes. We're not we're not saying that, but you know it's it's disappointing to to see at the end of the game. You know uh, you know the game ruined in a way. It was a great game by such a bad decision. And I, I followed Richard Silver on Twitter, and for me he was one of the best refs before you know he saw the light and saw that the AFL were a loader. I'm not going to say what I was just going to say, but <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I believe there's a case now to have two Super League referees on the pitch at once because you know I know that works very well in the RFL and there is a lot of work for him to do. So you know I do sympathise, but at the same time, you know you should never miss that decision from seven metres away looking at the ball. It's absolutely atrocious. Don't worry, Ryan. 
I've got you covered. So next, uh, next bit looking at is uh, stats. Uh, tackles made. Logan Tompkins with 33. Michael Dobson with 27. Cockjack with 38. George Griffin with 38. Flanagan with 32. Massive effort from the from the forwards there, Paul. Yeah, it, it has been the last few weeks. It was at Huddersfield as well. I was impressed with Flanagan again. I thought Matt Flanagan had a, an excellent game. Kopjak had an excellent game. The whole pack was, to be honest. And uh, looking at our pack, I think we've got one of the one of the best packs in the Super League. And you know, it, it's every week now we're saying about Craig Kopjak and his performances that he's putting in. And you know, it, exciting times. I, I said to Ian Watson on on Friday, you know. Look at the players we had missing. We've pushed Leeds this close, and Leeds are a good side. I mean, I, I don't believe all this myth that, that Leeds. I, I know they're not as the side that they were, but they've still got some some quality international players. And we went there without Murdoch Masilla, without Nia Levels, without Justin Carney, without um, Wellaraki, without Todd Carney, who's got to come in. So there's quite a bigger hole in, in our side there. And I think once we've got those players back and we've got everybody fully fit, I think we're going to be tough to beat. Yeah, looking at the, uh, we've got Craig Cockjack with 105. Uh, George Griffin with 76, uh, Ryan. Uh, Robert Louis made 80 metres. Jake Bibley 97. You know, we made big inroads, didn't we, into Leeds in, in, you know, in, in lots of situations? Yeah, yeah, we did. And I'd just like to highlight once again Robert Louis there. Um, you know, <laughs> he just he just played really well. I, I, you know, he was just running with the ball and causing all sorts of problems. And, you know, it was, it was good to see him playing with such confidence. He made the break for that uh, well and try uh, in the first half. So uh, I don't know what, what, why that's suddenly come about. You know, I know there was rumours that he, he wanted to go to Leeds at the end of last year. Or, you know, is it because Todd Carney's coming in and he's maybe feeling a bit of pressure, um, you know, to keep his number six spot. So, yeah, like I, I felt Rob was really good. And uh, Jake Bibby as well, who came in, I thought he was absolutely solid and uh, made really good metres in yardage. So plenty to be positive about yeah, Chris Wellen, 142 metres, 18 carries with an average of 8 metres a carry, uh, Paul. You know, he's, he's, he's definitely, you know, turning on the magic in the red shirt. He's, you know, he come from Bradford, scored a lot of tries there, uh, and he's, he's started to show the magic for us. Yeah, he's, he's making his mark. He's got a try at Huddersfield, and he got a try against Leeds. Uh, a well a well worked try as well, well finished from him, and he knows where the try line is, Chris Wellen. He's a, he's a good centre, and he's an out-and-out centre, as we've said that before, and I think... You know he's not, he's got a settle in, hasn't he? And uh, obviously had a couple of blemishes in defence in the Huddersfield game. I'm sure he's going to settle into the to the side, and he'll be a good acquisition to the to the team. Yeah, we have got loads of uh, three words match reports and man of the matches. So thanks to everyone who's interacting with us and giving us their views on the Leeds game. Chris and Janet Shenton, uh, we may struggle. Uh, their man of the match was Louis uh, Graham Jones. He won't. We won't struggle. And his man of the match was uh, Louis. Uh, great game, shame, and that was from Harvey and the whole team. Louis getting two uh, Man of the Match uh, nominations there, Ryan. You know, obviously with Todd Carney uh, coming to the show, he's, uh, he's, he's, he's stepped up his game and he's uh, putting a great performance on Friday night. Yeah, he is. And obviously, I've already spoken about Rob Lewis, so I'll, I'll move on to Todd Carney. You know, uh, you know, he's, he's going he's to take a lot of keeping out the side once he starts playing well for us. I thought he was absolutely excellent for, for Catalan last year. And, you know, he's, he, he'll bring a... You know, a completely different dynamic to our game. He's got an amazing long, long kicking game. His his organisation around, around the park and the ex, the wealth of experience that will bring playing in them big state of origin games. You know, you think the lift that that's going to give them young players like you know like your Jake Bibbies and your Nile Levels and you know your Logan Tompkins when they they're playing with Todd Carney in the same team like that that just be amazing. If I was a player, I'd absolutely love to play with Todd Carney. And you know, I, you know, he could he could be an absolutely superb signing for the club, and you know, let's let's just hope for the best. Yeah, uh, 
Andrew Martin, uh, definite forward pass. Stephen Antrobus, brilliant, uh, but unlucky, Paul. You know, I suppose, I suppose, you know, looking forward to the game, you know, looking back at the game, sorry, you know, pushing leads so far, um, you know, it's, it's good sign for me, good sign for 2017. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, like we said before, Leeds is always a, a, a tough place to go. And, you know, we're, we're coming away from the game disappointed that we've not got a result so that, that's a, I think perhaps that is a, a good thing isn't it without being too negative I was, I was a bit gutted on uh, on Friday night I was, I was convinced we were going to win but uh, you know we don't win there very often do we so uh, so to come away feeling disappointed perhaps it is a good thing in disguise yeah uh, Paul Foster uh, his man of the match was Louis and it was his three word match report was forward 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 um, Victoria Cop Jack um, Craig uh, other half uh, frustration for my man and uh, their man of the, sorry her man of the match was uh, all of them the boys the whole team uh, Ryan you know what I can say it was a great team of performance just unlucky that they, uh, they didn't get the result we wanted uh, Gary Williams uh, didn't deserve that uh, his man of the match was the team uh, Chairman Bob missed opportunity um, his man of the match was Cop Jack uh, Andy Lancashire take your chances and his man of the match was Rob Lewis and finally uh, Stadium of Doom and uh, is uh, Ryan Martin, his man of the match was uh, Tompkins. I suppose our record, uh, Paul, at Leeds isn't the greatest, and I suppose the Stadium Doom sums it up. But you know, it's it's all about moving forward, and you know, I'm sure in a few years to come, if we continue to progress, you know, it, it could be a happy hunting ground if we secure a few victories on the way. Mm, I don't know about that, but <laughs> you never know, dear. It's just, it is. It's one of those places where I always look for the Leeds away game first. I've said that to you before on, on the fixture list. It's just that that sacred to go there and get a result. I think perhaps I don't know whether that that, that lies in the players' mind. I don't think it does, does it? But I, I hope we just we get them in the Challenge Cup away because I really want to beat them there this season, whether it's in the Challenge Cup or the or the Middle Eights or whatever. But uh, but no, I'm sure we'll be able to, be able to turn that round. But it is it not it isn't a very happy hunting ground at all. Who was, uh, who was your man of the match, Ryan? Oh, it's got got to be Rob Louis. You know, um, looks really confident, um, really up for it as well. He was he was motivating the team throughout the game, talking to the players. You know, getting them pumped up. Uh, his running game was absolutely superb. Caused a lot of problems, and you know that that try that he put, uh, you know, Chris Wellerman. That was such a a cool, deceptive move and. Yeah, he, you know, if he can keep that up, he's going to take some. Uh, you know, if I was Todd Carney, I'd be a little worried. Obviously, he's not going to, he's not going to start over Rob Lewis this weekend, is he? So, uh, it'd be interesting to see how Todd Carney does make his move into the side. I, I think we'll bring him off the bench this weekend, um, and just just see who, who plays better out of Dobson and Lewis. And that's that's the great thing. What what Ian Watson's created now is, you know, there's such competition for spaces. You know, if if Dobson has a bad game, Carney starts. If if Carney has a bad game, you know Louis may start with Carney. So you just you just don't know what what, what team he's going to pick. And it's such a good headache to have because everyone's got to perform, and we didn't really have that last season in the halves. Uh, you've also got that young lad like Josh Wood, and you know he's obviously played a couple of games now, and he'll be he'll be fighting for his spot in the team too. So it just creates this sort of you know healthy competition within the squad, which is only going to you know help our performances throughout the season. What about you, Paul? Who was your man of the match against Leeds? Well, I had two in mind, really. Um, but I can't really give it to Craig Kopchak. I give it him every week, so... <laughs> I don't want to I don't want him to think I'm uh, he's my favourite. So I'm <laughs> going to go with Mark Flanagan. I had Kopchak and Flanagan, but because I gave it to Kopchak last week, I'm going to give it to Mark Flanagan this week because I thought he worked his socks off and he had a big say in the... Uh, did Logan Tompkins try? He made a made a smart run there for that, and he he tackled well, and uh, it worked really hard as well. So I give it to Mark this week. 
Cool, so that's our review of the Leeds game over. And what we'll do now, we'll have a look what the, uh, is going on in the amateur scene with Paul. Right, well, welcome to this week's Amateur Report. It's a bit of a busy one this week, you know, with the start of the North West Men's League and uh, quite a few of the uh, other amateur leagues have started now. But I'll start with um, the Salford Red Devils under-16s. They went down on Saturday the 25th of February. They were beaten at home to London Broncos by 12 points to 4. They're back in action this week, Friday the 3rd of March, away at Widnes Vikings with a half-past seven kickoff. So hopefully they can get back on track in that game this coming week. Right, we're taking a look now at the Student Rugby League um, in the Championship. It was Nottingham Trent 52, Manchester Met 6, so a bad defeat there for Manchester Met. But uh, some good news for Manchester University. As I mentioned last week, they, they progressed through to uh, the Northern Conference Cup semi-finals. Well, they're in the final now. They beat Chester by 84 points to nil in the semi-final. The other semi-final was Leeds Beckett A 26, Leeds Trinity 24. So Manchester against Leeds Beckett A in the final of that in the up-and-coming weeks. In college rugby league, there was no fixture due to it being half term last week, So, but this week's fixture between Salford Red Devils and Hotwood Hall A in League 2 takes place on Wednesday, the 1st of March. Well, the North West Men's League kicked off this weekend just gone, and I've got some reports and some news for you as well. A great result for Caddy's Ed Rhinos. They beat Aspel New Springs by 32 points to 4 away from home in the Shield preliminary round I just really struggled saying that I did last week but they've, they've gone through there through that round so fantastic win there and they produced a real solid display to progress in the cup they got tries in the first half from Tom Callahan, Luke Connor, and Jack Sloan and the goals were added by Nathan Vernon to give um, give Caddyshead a 14-0 half-time lead. They come out of the blocks in the second half as well with tries from Connor Wells and Kieran Brady. Vernon kicked both the goals from that to give, uh, give Caddyshead a 26-0 lead. Um, Aspel New Springs did reply with a try, but Jack Sloan scored again. And Vernon added a kick to that to make it a final score of 32 points to 4. Man of the match was Chris Waring, so a fantastic result there for Caddy Z Rhinos. You know, it's a real solid start to the season there. Final score in that one, Aspel New Springs 4, Caddy Z 32. Also in the Northwest Shield prelim round, as we'll call it, Saddleworth Rangers 0, West and Lions 24. So this week's fixtures in the Northwest Men's League will start in Division 1, Wigan St. Patrick's A take on Folly Lane. Division 2, it's Berry Broncos against the Leyland Warriors. Manchester Rangers take on the Widnes Tigers and Wigan St. Jude's A take on Rochdale Mayfield A. In Division 3, Chester Gladiators entertain Oldham St. Anne's A. Crossfields A play the Rochdale Cobras and Wigan Bulldogs play the Fitton Hill Bulldogs. So battle of the Bulldogs in that one. In Division 4, it's Caddy Z Rhinos against West Horton Lions. Oral St. James A against Manchester Rangers A. Runcorn versus Little Holton Reds. Wollstone Rovers A versus Langworthy Reds. And in Division 5, Bolton Mets take on Blackpool Stanley. Holton Farm with Hornets A take on the Clockface Miners A. Layla Warriors A play Berry Broncos. And finally, Saddleworth Rangers A play Blackbrook A. Well, Saturday just gone, there was quite a few results in the under 13 Northwest Youth League. In Division 1, Rochdale Mayfield 4, Oldham St. Anne's 18. In Division 2, it was Wigan St. Cuthbert's 0, Langworthy 18. Great win there for the Langworthy under-13s. Wigan St. Patrick's 48, Saddleworth Rangers 4. This week's fixtures will be played on Sunday the 5th of March. The under-13s Premier Division, Thato Heath Crusaders against Waterhead Warriors. Division 1 is Ashton Bears Blacks against Rochdale Mayfield. Oldham St. Anne's against Newton Storm. Langworthy Reds against Crossfields, that's a Division 2 fixture, along 
with Wigan St Cuthbert's against Saddleworth. And in Division 3, it's the Bellevue Bees against the Ashton Bears and the Leyland Warriors against South Trafford. Well, as we mentioned in the last few weeks, Rochdale Mayfield, one of the, the local sort of amateur sides from the Rochdale area, they, well, they get underway in the National Conference Premier Division this week. They've had a couple of games against Barrow last few weeks in the Challenge Cup and in the League One Cup, respectively. I'll talk to you about the Challenge Cup in a second. But these are the opening round fixtures for the Conference Leagues. In the Premier Division, it's Rochdale Mayfield against Wigan St. Pat's. These games are played on Saturday the 4th of March. Division 2, it's Drillington against Saddleworth Rangers and Salford City Roosters get their season underway against Bradford Dudley Hill. In Division 3, it's Dewsbury Celtic against Waterhead and Oldham St Anne's against the Wollstone Rovers. Well, as I just mentioned earlier, it was the Challenge Cup third round weekend. I mean, by by the time you listen to the podcast, the uh, the draw for the fourth round's probably been made. So we'll probably bring you that. Uh, Rob will bring you that in the news. I would would uh, would have thought. But these are the results from. Uh, round three, as I said, Rochdale Mayfield went down to Barrow Raiders by 60 points to six. Doncaster 34, Might and Warriors six. Freiston Warriors 32, Keithley Cougars 50. Gloucester Orgoals 36, North Wales Crusaders 18. Hemel Stags 12, London Scholars 22. Hunslet 34, Coventry Bears nil. Newcastle Thunder 18, Workington Town 16. Siddall 6, the Toronto Wolfpack 14. South Wales Ironman 4, Oxford 18. West Hull 16, Whitehaven 18. The Amatsai were desperately unlucky in that one, so bad luck to West Hull. Uh, West Warriors 12, Haydock 26. And finally, York City Knights 48, Egremont Rangers 8. So that's it, that's all I've got for you this week. Don't forget Salford, the first team, as Robin, the guys will probably mention, take on Warrington Wolves, 3 o'clock kickoff this Saturday at the AJ Bell Stadium. I'll catch you all next week. Cheers for that, Paul. A uh, little bit of news, actually, from the amateur scene I've picked up. Uh, Berry Broncos have won the Steve Prescott Award for growing the game. Uh, Paul, you know, they're a great amateur club and they're doing wonders really in the local area promoting uh, the sport. Yeah, they certainly are. That's that's a, a, a prestigious award to get that as well. So, uh, you know, congratulations from all of us, I think, on that one. That, that's, that's brilliant news. Yeah, and the next bit of news, the final bit of news I've got in the amateur scene is Michael Quickenden from Salford University was picked for the England 33-man squad ahead of the Student World Cup, Ryan. Uh, obviously, a local student... Uh, from Salford University, getting to uh, play at that level in the World Cup is a, is a feather in the cap for us in the in the city. Yeah, getting get signed off, uh, we could if we had an academy, but uh, yeah, um, yeah, it's good to see like local Salford players doing well. You know, there's been some good players coming from Salford in the past. Obviously, Adrian Morley, uh, you got Dennis Betts, Nathan McAvoy. So yeah, fingers crossed he uh, makes an addition into the squad within the next few years. Cool. So what we'll do now, we'll uh, we'll talk about the Warrington game on Saturday. <laughs> It's time for the Devil of the So, Salford Red Devils take on Warrington Wolves on Saturday at the AJ Bell Stadium. It's promised to be a cracking, cracking game, doesn't it, Paul? Yeah, certainly does, certainly does. I mean, we've just mentioned like Warrington, they've, they've, they've lost two games, haven't they? But the two games they've lost, um, Castleford just this week had just gone. Inform Castleford side, you know, everyone's tipping them to do great things, and they lost away at Catalan, which is a tough place to go. In between that sandwich, in between, they had a great win against Brisbane, so they've got they've got some good players, Warrington, haven't they? And so have we. So it, it, I think all the ingredients are there for for a high scoring, um, close game. Yeah, it's always a big game, Ryan. When Salford take on Warrington Wolves, uh, we're looking forward to it. It's Saturday, you know, hopefully we we'll get some good weather and a, and a big crowd. 
yeah, I'm sure we will as well. I'm, I'm fully expecting a lot of Salford fans to be there after uh, you know a, a positive and encouraging start to the season. Obviously, Warrington is pretty much our local derby. It's just down the the A57 there, um, just down the road, and they always bring a lot of support. It's not on telly like it was last time as well. So, and we all know what what, what sort of a game that was last year. That's probably one of the standout matches uh, from last season. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. You know, there's a lot of you know, stuff going on before the game, you know, community work, you've got, you know, cinnamon dinner playing in the fans bar before, so it's going to be a really good afternoon. Yeah, obviously, you know, Warrington at the bottom of the league, Paul, and, you know, we're, we're doing well, we're doing well, you know what I mean, how important do you think it is that, you know, we, we beat Warrington and, and sort of continue that upward momentum? I think, I was just saying to Ryan before I fair, I think it's a sort of a pivotal point of the season this now, I know we were all saying oh, we've had a good start, but we've only won one game, we've lost two, and I know, I know it's early days, but if you're to lose this game, you're going to Wakefield then with three defeats and that puts a lot of pressure on you going somewhere like that and you know how we normally play there. So it's a short season, this isn't it, 23 games and I don't, if you want to finish in that top eight, you've got to win home matches, haven't you? So, you know, I know it's Warrington but it's a home game so to me, you've got to be targeting all your home games and um, yeah, pivotal game on Saturday and uh, well, I'd say it's a must win but um, I think you know, it's a, it's a game we can win. Yeah, obviously, like you say, we're going to be up for it, uh, Ryan. You know, obviously, Warrington, a few injuries. Chris Hill's out uh, with a shoulder injury. Is it Toby King with a hamstring? Kevin Penny, George King, you know, big players for them. Uh, missing, it could be, you know, advantage us. Yeah, absolutely as well. And, you know, um, I believe Ben Curry might be another one who's out. Stefan Ratchford's on a bit of a long-term injury. So, you know, uh, we should be more than confident after, after playing as well as we did at Leeds. We're at home. Uh, it's going to be a, a big crowd on, you know. Uh, we've got to win this season. Warrington haven't won any games yet. You know, it's going to it's going to be a really good match, and uh, yeah, very much looking forward to it. Yeah, danger men for Warrington, uh, Paul. Who, who are you picking out? Well, I think you've got to look at the halfbacks. Sent me Declan Patton and Kevin Brown. Uh, Kevin Brown looked looked pretty good to me in that game against against Brisbane Broncos. Matty Russell as well. Sometimes plays fullback. Sometimes plays on the wing. He's he's very explosive. We know all about Daryl Clark, don't we? Um, he's done me half runs. He's a very quick. Quick hooker and uh, Joe Westerman loose forward as well. Very good ball playing forward. So they've got some dangerous players, haven't they? Mike Cooper's back in there now, come back from the NRL, back to Warrington where, where it all started for him. He's a good, solid player. Ashton Sims. Jack Hughes, the lad from, from Wigan, he, I believe he's their captain this season. So they've got they've got quality players all, all over the place, haven't they? In the old stage, uh, Ben Westwood as well, who I think was on the bench against Castleford. So I don't think Kurt Gidley will be playing. Though. I think Kurt Gidley's injured, I think, at the moment. So... Um, He's a bit of a hole out of their team, but uh, they've got quality everywhere, haven't they? And we're going to have to be on our metal if we're going to win the game. Yeah, they've got quality. But so have we, Ryan. And obviously, you know, looking down the two squads, you know, we've got a squad there to, to match Warrington and, you know, give them a real good game. Uh, absolutely, yeah. And, you know, we've got Todd Carney to come in this weekend as well. You know, uh, I'm sure that'll add a bit of uh, an extra element to the game when he comes on the pitch. Um, you know whether he starts or whether he comes on from the bench. You know I'm sure sure he'll make an impact and, and lift the squad. Um, so yeah, we've got, got got a lot to look forward to. You know where uh, you know let's let's just don't we throw the ball about and, and give Warrington a really good game. The, the game last year was 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 an amazing match and uh, you know I'm sure there'll be a big crowd on and yeah really excited. How important Paul do you reckon is that you know we put a big performance in? You know, obviously after what happened last year and Warrington snatching it at the death. Uh, if we're able to obviously switch the switch the scoreline and us win, uh, it will be, be a massive confidence boost ahead of the game to come. Momentum, Rob, isn't it? 
Yeah. Uh, you, you know, after that game last season, uh, that game affected us a bit last season. I think, you know, we was a long way in front in that game. I can't quite remember now. It was about 28-6, wasn't it? Or 20-odd-6 at half-time. We were well in front, weren't we? And um, I think it did. It It was a bit of a blow that last season. And our form dipped after that. And I think, I'm pretty sure we played Wakefield away round about that time as well. I think the sort of fixtures are quite similar to what they were last season. And then we went and lost that game. So, so yeah, it is its momentum. I think if you can beat Warrington, that'd be a massive shot in the arm for, for the players, that and a massive confidence boost. And then you, you obviously you go into Wakefield and with two wins behind. They've not won a game yet as well. So so you're edging towards that, that top eight, aren't you? So um so it is, it's a pivotal part of the season, but it'd be a massive win and a massive confidence boost to take a scalp of um, a very good side in Warrington. Yeah, Tony Smith is a, a world class coach, Ryan. And you know, the likes of uh, Ian Watson be rubbing his hands ready to take him on the, in 2017. Yeah, definitely. That's a, that's a really good match. You've got, you know, like Tony Smith, who's, who's you know, coached the England international side and is one of the longest serving coaches in Super League. And then you've got Ian Watson, who's, you know, uh, just started coaching recently, but uh, is an extremely passionate guy about rugby league and, and Salford. So, you know, I'm sure it'll be a bit of a tactical battle. It'll be interesting to see how, how Warrington play because a lot of the tries we conceded last game were, were down the middle. Uh, Warrington like to play quite an expansive game and they're missing a few guys who, who are really good for them down, down that middle. And they've got obviously Darrell Clark, who's one of the best hookers in the league. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing how it shapes up and what sort of game plan both teams um, you know, undertake. We've got a good referee as well in Jack Smith, so that, that should add to the occasion as well. So, you know, this could be one of the standout standout games of the season. Well, it's a big responsibility for Jack Smith. Obviously, big games like this needs big referees, Paul, and you know, he is one of our best ones, isn't he? If you say so, Rob. <laughs> if you say so. I don't like slagging referees off, Rob, and um, I, w- I, w- I would never call a referee, but from what I've heard of this this guy, he's he's he the ex um, services guy, Jack Smith, the, yeah. the Marine, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, I think he's all right. I mean, I watched him on the telly. I think he did the Lee and um, Castleford game on the opening night, and he, yeah, he seemed all right. He let the game flow, and that that's all you want. You just want the game to flow, and you know, no silly penalties. You know, keep, keep the sides back ten, stop the lying on. And um, you know, just just see a good clean game. That's all we want to see. And Warrington likes to play at a fast tempo, don't they? And and we do. So if it's anything to like the game we had last season with them, which was an outstanding game, and even the the away game, I know they ran away with it in sort of the last twenty minutes. But that that was a good game. Plenty of points scored, and I'm sure it'll be the same on on Saturday. Yeah, give us your score prediction, Ryan. I'm going to go for quite a high scoring one. So I'm going to go 36-24 to Salford. 36-24. About you, Paul, are you, are you going for a high-scoring game or a, or a tight, close affair? Oh, I have no idea, Rob. I've been thinking about this all day and I, I don't really know. I'm just going to pluck a score from there. I'm going to go 28-20 to Salford. 28-20. I'm going to go <laughs> Salford 18, Warrington 6. I think we're, you know, it's going to be a t- close encounter. It's going to rain, though, isn't it? Yeah, that's the thing. You know, our forwards, uh, I think, man-to-man are better than theirs. Um, so I think we'll, we'll win the forward battle, uh, which results the uh, results in us winning the game. I think a fair, 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 uh, fair prediction for me. So that's the end for uh, of another podcast. Uh, Ryan, another good show. Yeah, really enjoyed it. Um, missed it actually. For, for the last time I was on the show was just after the million pound game. So uh, yeah, it's it's good always to come back on and you know talk about what you're passionate about. Yeah, another great show, Paul. We had record listening figures after after last week's show. And it's great everyone tuning in and, and uh, listening to us talking all things all for Red Devils. Yeah, it's brilliant that, Rob. Yeah, and, and thanks to all the people who um, 
contributed with the free word match reports and all their interaction. I mean, it's uh, it's great to hear from everybody. And uh, like I, like I said to some people at Caddy's Head, you know, I, I did quite a bit on them in the, the amateur report. But if there's anybody else listening from any of the other amateur clubs, you know, if you want to just send me anything on the on Facebook or whatever, private message me or whatever, I, I give them a mention in the amateur report, no problem. Cool. Well, thanks for listening to this week's uh, Devil in the Detail podcast. I've been Rob Parkinson. You can find us on Facebook, Devil in the Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter at DITD SRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and White Line Fever Radio. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Devil in the